No name is more synonymous with success than Miami Dolphins owner H. Wayne Heisinger, architect of three Fortune 500 companies, including AutoNation and Blockbuster. This renowned entrepreneur has brought his unique business approach to the classroom with the Heisinger School of Business at Nova Southeastern University. With a faculty of real-world leaders and a curriculum based on Heisinger's entrepreneurial ideals, the Heisinger School of Business offers the rare opportunity to learn the ropes from someone who's climbed their way to the very top. Apply now at nova.edu slash business. You gotta be here for Family Sunday, June 8th. The Marlins wrap up the series against the Reds at 110. It's Father's Appreciation Day. First 5,000 dads get a Marlins tool set presented by American Fasteners. Bring the kids to the strike zone for Family Sunday activities, including Snapshot Sunday and entertainment from Radio Disney. After the game, the kids can run the bases in the Nestle Drumstick Diamond Dash. Plus, play catch with Dad on the field. 1-877-MARLINS or visit FloridaMarlins.com. Marlins Baseball, you gotta be here. A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airports. The new Miami International Airport. A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking lot. The new Miami International Airport. The only U.S. airport with sleep pods. The new Miami International Airport. The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined. The new Miami International Airport. And coming soon, 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport's savoir-faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us move towards the future. The new Miami International Airport. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. It's South Florida's newest and freshest talk show. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. I really like Prince. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I have not listened. I have to, I have a confession to make. I have not listened enough to Prince in the last few years. And and I got to tell you, he's just, he's great. Yeah. He's terrific. Doug, he's still there. I am, yeah. All right. Listen, we're with the very famous Doug Evans. I want you to be aware of that, folks, out there. And the station's WKCP. I'm going to make sure I get that right. Florida's classical music radio station. He's also a principal in the New York City and Boca Raton, Florida firm of Luftig Evans Nonprofit Solutions. Evans recently held the position of Chief Operating Officer of Nederlander Worldwide Entertainment and President of Broadway China Ventures, which I guess if you, you see a show and an hour later you want to see another show, a division. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. That's the quickest thing I can think of on a Friday afternoon, all right? Jewish kid from New York, that's what I came up with. The division of the Nederlander organization charged with opening offices in Beijing and Shanghai. And that is why <coughs> he was over there. Yes. <laughs> so sorry. I apologize for that. Anyway, so here we're getting a classical station back in Miami. Yeah. yeah. And, now, it, it hasn't, it, have you even started broadcasting yet, have you? Oh, yes, yeah, we're on the air. We are on the air. Let's we, talk uh, about your station. How did, how did this all come about? Tell, tell us. Well, the station came up available for sale, and the company, the parent company, now we are, we are public radio, so we're a non-profit charitable organization. The uh, parent company of Classical South of Florida is a company called American Public Media. And while folks might not recognize American Public Media as a name, the, the primary radio station is Minnesota Public Radio. 
So Minnesota Public Radio brings all kinds of shows like Marketplace, St. Paul Sunday Morning, and one that a lot of people in South Florida listen to, A Prairie Home Companion. I was going to say, I saw that on cable television. Yep, that's, that's us. That's the company. That's, so, what a hoot. Yeah, it's, so to speak. It, it's hysterical. It's great. You know, it's you know, a station became available for sale down here, and we realized that you know there has not been a classical music station devoted specifically to classical music and the arts in South Florida since uh, WTMI went off the air seven, eight years ago. That's right. And, and so, yet, this is a vibrant market. It's it's a vibrant market. It's what the twelfth largest media market in the United States, and we found it just interesting, if not astounding, that there wasn't a classical music station in South Florida. So uh, we bought the station. Uh, we started putting the classical music on the air last October, uh, very quietly last October, and then with all the, as you well know, being in the radio business, with all the approvals with the FCC and all of that, we officially took over about March 16th, and we've been programming it and advertising ever since. And it's been good news. It's, it's great news. I mean, what's interesting about this is people, everywhere I've gone, and I've gone to the Greater Miami Chamber of Commerce meetings and lots of social events, you know, people, once they find out we're on the air, are just so thrilled to find out for people who like classical music that they can have this back in their homes and their cars. And, of course, in today's day and age, we do like you do. We have online streaming into your homes and your office. So people have just been really receptive and thrilled to this. And the really good news is is that because we're member-driven, when I took over the station uh, a few months ago, we had 30 people who supported the station. We now have about 3,000 members, so it's it's been really, really well-received. Well, you know... Um... Uh, it, it's it's interesting that you started you bought the station and started broadcasting maybe with a soft opening and then a hard opening so to speak right um, at the time that we were finally getting our performing arts center open correct yeah with the arts what a great great opportunity for you well it is it is and you know you've you've seen my bio which I is 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 uh, whatever it is but uh, the, the the gentleman who's running the arts center larry wilker lawrence wilker he's an old friend of mine of course he's living down here in florida now also and we both love living here number one but you know larry and the arts center is a wonderful place and uh, he's doing remarkable things with the program so there's a lot i've been to the arts center a dozen times now this last season and they do amazing things there what's What's really great about the arts community in South Florida, and of course our station, uh, Classical South Florida, the reach on the signal is all the way from North Palm Beach down to the Mid Keys. So we're doing everything we can to support the arts. Center that's 50,000 watts. It's 100,000. 100,000. I was going to say that's a very strong signal to do that. It's 100,000 watts, and you know we're doing everything we can to support groups like the Arsh Center, the Broward Center, the Kravis Center, and this this past year, which is something that hasn't happened in a long time in South Florida, we actually broadcast live the Cleveland Orchestra concerts from the Arsh Center. So you know the Arsh Center and the Cleveland Orchestra were carried on the airwaves through the entire region and then nationally, of course. So it's it was exciting for us to be able to do those kinds of partnerships. So what are you going to do for July 4th? Are you going to do the Boston Pops? <laughs> I wish we were. You knew I was going there. You said that. You broadcast live. The first thing I could think of was Fiedler. You, exactly. Even though we, we're talking about Lucky Stiffs. I mean, Fiedler's not around, but well, no. Boston Pops are. But his music's still around, Absolutely. Right? Uh, you know, you know, those, the, those are the kinds of fun things that as we get to the future here, you know, maybe broadcasting at Christmas time a Messiah. You know, things like that live from a venue here in South Florida. Those are the kinds of things that we want to do in the future. So when all right now here uh, and I know that you've been you've been out in the community talking and my very good friend was gracious enough to introduce me to you by third party it's Elena uh -huh, yeah. uh, Carpenter from uh, the Miami Monthly Magazine right dear friend for twenty some odd years and it you know, this is probably Doug one of the most networked communities uh, I've been doing media since about 1977 76 that winter 
And uh, and and you're right. You're doing the right thing because you're going to the chamber events. You're going to get involved with the organizations. The goodness for you is that you've got the Performing Arts Center, which only took us a hundred years to get. Right. Right. You know, I mean, my God, it took forever. Uh, you should. I'm sure you know Woody Weiser. Oh yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. you cannot do what you're doing and not know Woody Weiser. Woody is a tremendous hero to this community. Well, and you know, you know the challenges that we've all heard and read about with the Arts Center, every performing arts center that has ever opened in this country goes through these startup challenges. It's, it's no different. The Broward Center had the same issues. You know, I've worked for a couple of different performing arts centers where we've had to do turnarounds because, you know, they're, they're tough businesses to be in. But what they do, think of what the Arts Center is doing for downtown Miami. That whole area there is so vibrant. It's, it's coming alive beautifully. People are living downtown. And as you recall, because you've been here for so long, you remember when the Broward Center was built? Sure, I do. I live up there. Yeah, there was nothing there. It was at the end of the, the New River. It was, was exactly. It was at the very, very tail end. And and uh, and a good friend of mine, a developer, Don Peebles, was looking at some land up there, uh, right on the bend, right by the Performing Arts Center. Sure. And and but look what's happened uh, in that immediate area. Now that that's great news. The good news for you, I think, being in Miami. Now where's your office? Where where are you based? You're based in Miami. Well, right now we're temporarily based in the old studios in Pompano. So. Oh, you're in Pompano. That's right. Yeah, we're in Pompano. That's where the studios are. Out of. The, the transmitter itself, the tower is out of Homestead. So. Oh, we can meet at Houston's then. That'd, that'd be good. Hey, I love Houston's. Are you kidding? It's no, we can. Place. They're not one of my advertising. We can go. We'll both pitch them. That, <laughs> both of us could. We can each pay, and both of us could write it off. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I want to talk more about this. So you come down here. You, you come into the city that is starving. I am so glad you're doing this, and I know Wanda's ecstatic that we have a station here now, right? Yeah, Wanda, Wanda, Absolutely. Wanda's cool. She gets it. No, no, you have to meet Wanda, because Wanda, you know, Wanda's an NPR, and she she does WLRN every morning yes, from 5 do. to 10. Which she, is, she's got the voice. Which is a terrific station. And, you know, what's interesting about WLRN, and then to the north, of course, for folks who are farther up uh, up 95 here, the Turnpike, you know, WXEL, of course, is another public radio station in the market. But neither of those stations do what we do, which is classical music 24-7. Exactly. So, all right, which is great, you're 24-7. Now, so you came down here, you got the station. What has been the, the, the response when you go out in the community? And I know you're doing that, obviously. What's been the response to this? I'm anxious to hear it from your perspective. Here you come in. You're an alien. You're not from South Florida. You're from up north. You come here. You're from Hartford, by the way. We're going to have to talk about Hartford in a minute. Oh, you saw the video on the phone. Oh, don't even. I, we'll, we're going to discuss it. We're not going to ruin your peace. I want to discuss this. That's right. That's All right. Okay. Now, but what's been the response from the folks? Well, here's a good example. I went to um, a, a special luncheon, a fundraiser luncheon, that the Symphony of the Americas, which is a great orchestra down here, was hosting. And we decided to sponsor part of the event. Went into the room, and, of course, the person who was doing the announcing said, and we want to welcome Doug Evans from our brand-new classical music radio station. Well, there are 400 people there who just jumped to their feet and burst into applause. Now, interesting about that, a third of them knew we were on the air Two-thirds didn't. I was swamped with people coming over saying, I can't believe this. You're back. You're back on the air. You're on the air. This is terrific. That has been the typical response no matter where either I've gone or one of my team members have gone to a special event or on the public to meet with people. So the response has been overwhelmingly positive so far. Now, I would, I would imagine, you know, there, and there are some wonderful people down here. I mean, obviously, my offices have always been in Dade, although my magazines covered Dade and Broward and Palm Beach and North America and South America, depending on time of the year and the flavor of the magazine I own. But um, but there's some great people, like Ron Esterman, for example. Have you met Ronnie yet? I have not, not yet. Oh, my. Write that down. That's important. Ron Esterman was very much involved in, in, in helping uh, the, uh, Woody Weiser in the Performing Arts Center, and he's a prince of the city. 
He's a prince of this. He's a great guy. There are wonderful people. Doug, they've been waiting for you for almost a decade to do this. Well, it's, you know, the, the other people that I've, some of the people I've met who are terrific. The former chair of the chamber, Hank Klein, uh, great oh, guy. Oh, yeah, of course. He, he loves classical music. He's been terrific in, in, you know, helping us get the word out that we're on the air. So the, the Miami, the Greater Miami Chamber has been terrific to work with also. Well, the Miami, Miami Chamber, I will tell you, uh, you know, Barry's, Barry Johnson's an old friend. And Barry, by the way, Barry Johnson's got a great classical views, uh, radio. Barry Johnson. This is Barry Johnson. I mean, that's how Barry talks. I, mean, I, I used to think I was listening to a commercial when he was working at AT&T, and I used to go pitch his, I mean, I always, poor Barry. People, I would call people, and they would, they would hide their wallets. <laughs> oh, that go, Rothman's here. Hide your wallet. Just put it in another office. Because I was always there asking for money for one of my magazines to, to advertise. And Barry was running AT&T. Barry's a great guy. The chamber is probably one of the most powerful chambers in the country. They are terrific. Oh, they're dynamic. I mean, you, just, you go to their monthly meetings, and it's amazing to me uh, what they accomplish and what they're doing for the community. I, uh, it's, it's, it's like, uh, like I've not seen. I mean, I was very involved with the Greater Hartford Chamber of Commerce, which, you know, great group of people, but pales in comparison to what the Miami Chamber does. You were working towards the revival of downtown Hartford because I read your bio, which, by the way, we posted on our website for those who want to understand who Doug Evans really is and his commitment. So we only have a few minutes left. Let's let's go back to the station for a minute. So the station's doing well. You're Growing with advertising, I guess. You're doing okay. We are. We are. We, we, we need more, of course, because we're a startup. And, you know, folks who want to know more about it can just go to the website. It's classicalsouthflorida.org. Um, or if you're listening, you're out there driving, and, of course, we don't want you to tune out right now. But if you flip over to FM 89.7, uh, it's 89.7 on the FM dial. Or as you go farther north, we've got a repeater uh, in West Palm Beach. It's 101.9 the farther north you go. And, 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 and this is privately held. It's it's a private nonprofit organization, yes. So, oh, here's an idea. Maybe people could give donations at bar mitzvahs in in into the station, and they get a write off doing that. I never thought about that. You know, the, I'm Jewish. I can say this. The Jewish people might like that. They go because I love classical music. I had a subscription to Carnegie when I was a kid growing up in New York City. You just floated a new idea, which had never I never thought today. about that. You see, we're in a profit environment here. We're strictly capitalist over here. But where you are, they could probably, in, in honor of you know uh, Jerome Silverman's bar mitzvah, we're giving five hundred dollars. You know, instead of giving a bond to the kid, I got you know I did a cash. I'm the only kid that not only did I do a hop Torah when I had my bar mitzvah, I did a cash flow analysis. <laughs> I don't know what happened. My father tr brought me up differently. He says, listen, son, let's understand what we're doing here. This is a business. And <laughs> I'm sorry, Doug. No. It's a Friday. i got to have a little bit of fun. You've got to have some fun with it. That's right. Yeah, we do. You know, so the good news is, is yeah. attending the bar mitzvah now can be a tax-deductible expense, right? The whole thing is a tax-deductible expense. This is Maybe somebody can do the whole bar mitzvah, and they can give the proceeds. Because I think I I'm very excited that you're here. I really am. I think it's great. Are you going to be at the chamber meeting this this week coming up? Planning on it, yes. Well, I hope to see you there. I'll, I'll be there with C.L. Conroy. Terrific, terrific. So, it, anyway, final comment. The station, they can find you at 89.7 FM. Right. You're on 24-7. They can be driving north and south on I-95, I-75, the turnpike. They're going to catch you from North Palm Beach going into the Keys. That's correct. But if you're at home or in your office, go to the website, streaming live, classicalsouthflorida.org. Or you can call them at 1-800-I'm-Beethoven. <laughs> I guess you could. We could do that. Doug, I hope I see you in the next week or so. Rich, hey, thanks for your time. It's a great show. Appreciate being on it. All right. My pleasure. God bless. Take care. Good luck. Thanks. All right. Ciao. All right. So uh, here we are. I'm, I'm looking at Larry the guy right now. 
doing his magic, and we're going to have uh, Joyce Elam come into the studio in just a few seconds. Um, sound like Major League in that one, don't we? Just a bit outside. But uh, and, oops, and we're going to uh, we're going to have a dial tone right now. Joyce, come on in. It's good to see you. Uh, Wanda, which microphone do you want Joyce at? Oh, that one's good. Okay, great. So we're going to a little technology stuff. Good. Give me two seconds, folks. Wanda, say hello to the folks for a minute. Hey, it is 1360 WKAT, the Rich Rothman Show. If you'd like to talk to Rich or not, 305-447-3201. And here I am just making room for Joyce doing okay. this little house cleaning. You know, I can come in and do that. No, 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 it's all right. I'm, all right. I'm here. I'm fine. Hi, That's Joyce. Good. Joyce Elam. Joyce is the dean, and I want you to talk right into that little thing right there. Get as close as you can. <laughs> there you have. Live and, radio, folks. And here we are. In, uh, and uh, Welcome. Thank you very much. I, Happy I, to be here. Yeah, I haven't seen you in, when, when did I, probably about four years ago, because I sold the companies in, uh, hey, I have a, uh, it's better. I sold the companies in, uh, when I had South Florida CEO, that's when I last saw you. Right. And that was a long time ago. It was May 2004, and I just disappeared for a number of years. And so I, I fell off the face of the earth for a while. But then I came back, and I started getting involved with your faculty. Started playing with Jerry Har and Tommy and, 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 and Jack West. You know, we, uh -huh. did, we did a thing for China. I spent about a going back and forth a year in China. Did another in, um, IPTV project with AOL and another group out of uh, Philadelphia. But now we're back, and we're doing this. We're really excited to work with you. And the thing that really excites me the most, and I've been discussing this with Sally, and I, I hope Sally's doing well. Right. She's feeling good. She's feeling good. That's terrific, and we, we love Sally Gallion. We just really like Sally. And um, uh, But we talk about women in business, and that's really important for me. And, and as I have explained, just to frame this out, that uh, going back to the 70s, when I first got involved in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Title IX, all right. I worked on the on the federal uh, program, all right, and I integrated that program into South Florida with Rita Bornstein, who was very instrumental in doing that in South Florida. Great lady. I haven't seen her in 30 years, for 35 years, and uh, and I became very sensitive to uh, girls because the program was for kids in school at, at first, and it was fact that girls really were treated differently. I mean, they they could take sewing. And they could, you know, and they could do, they couldn't, ceramics, I don't know, maybe they could do ceramics, but they couldn't do woodwork shop. I know they're not going to do woodwork shop. They probably can't do all the sports that the boys were going to do. And if you thought about that, this whole tracking concept started at a very young age, third grade. And, and, and boys and girls acculturated in a certain fashion that really made us not move forward in good ways. Now. Flash forward. Here we are in 70s Title IX. We start changing. We give equal opportunity, not just racially, but gender-wise. Challenged a lot of people. I know when I did that, people said, oh, he must be, they didn't use the word gay in the 70s, but oh, he must be, he must be, you know, a homosexual. Because like what he's saying, you know, you know Dreiser, William Dreiser was the, uh, the, um, the, uh, the head of the school board in Broward County. And Bill Dreiser, we became good friends because I had to go out in the school and I had to talk. And I, the, the things that were said, and I was very sexually secure. I didn't care what anyone says. I know who I am and what I am and how I function. But it was a very, very interesting time to do that. 
And ultimately, I told Sally, and we had Kim Taylor on, right. on, and Kim was wonderful a few weeks ago. Kim and I were discussing the programs that she's got, and we're going to talk about a program that just broke this week with you. That's very exciting. But we talked about, I taught a course years ago at NOVA called Men and Women Missing Stereotypes, which was a, it was a fallout from what we did in the 70s, and back in the late 70s, I did this, and we traced men and women and how uh, literature approached it and film approached it and theater approached it. And it was a wonderful, it was a sellout court. It was a great, it was the most fun next to Frontier Lit. That's another course that, that we ever did, and I ever did. It was a good time. But I'm very conscious of what's happening. And this was a very significant year for women. I mean, first of all, if you think about the CEOs that are out, there were a number of very significant females functioning in, in the business world. Not an easy thing to do. We had Stephanie um, uh, Bedan, what was that? Is that what yes, that's right, it. on the show, what, a week ago, two weeks, three weeks ago? Three weeks. Three weeks ago. She, she's a well-known writer, used to work with uh, Santiago, he and Hosa, right here in Miami, all over the world with Burson and Marsteller. She had to leave. Her whole MO was that she had to leave the country to find success as a female. Now, that's outrageous. I mean, that's just outrageous that that has to happen in the 20th century spilling into the 21st century. So when, so when I say that I'm, I'm very conscious and, and we as a group feel that way, it's important. So I'm very, very happy. The point, I'm very happy you're here, Joyce, that you could do that. Tell us about the program that just broke this week that's very exciting for FIU and for Joyce Elam. All right. Well, uh, this week we uh, had a luncheon that was a partnership between the FIU College of Business and our Center for Leadership and the Commonwealth Institute, where we recognize the top 50 women-led businesses in Florida. Uh, so these are women who are either chairwoman, president, CEO, founder, owner of their business. Because what we found is that these women, they're largely invisible in the popular press, primarily because they lead privately held corporations uh, that either their family or they uh, founded. Okay, <clears throat> and and how to tell us about the program itself, the women's led business program. Mm -hmm. how, how old is that? Okay, we have been doing this for three years, and the program is based on a study that we conduct, which involves identifying women who are leading Florida. Uh, businesses. Uh, we developed a survey that we send to these women and they fill out the survey. We do the analysis of that survey where we're able to provide some information about the companies that these women lead, what are some of the challenges that they face, demographics about the women as well, and uh, a little bit about their leadership styles. And the the program concludes with the announcement of the top 50 women-led businesses. Okay, so is this, I just want to make sure everyone understands, is this private, private corporations or could it be public oh, it corporations? Could be, it absolutely could be public. Public-private? Yes. So it right. could be somebody working governmentally? No, no, not it's government only for profit. Gotcha. Only for okay. pro for okay. profit. And the way that we rank our list is by revenues. Oh, that's that's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, you know what? The funny thing that's so. I used to do uh, 100 top business leaders of the year, and then when we went tri-county, we went to 500, which became even crazier. And 
I, I was hated by everybody at that point. It didn't matter what I said. I, I, I really annoyed somebody doing that. But, but what's the criteria? Is, what's the set of criteria? And let me ask you this. How do you come up with the, the universe that you deal with each year? How do you how do you select the preliminaries? Mm -hmm. uh, well, we we go to a lot of different sources. We do Dun and Bradstreet. Uh, we look at all of the top uh, business leader lists that are uh, produced by magazines uh, throughout the state of Florida because we wanted this to be sure. uh, uh, a Florida-wide uh, uh, study. Uh, we gather business cards from uh, women that we meet, and we do this in partnership with the Commonwealth Institute. And I'm not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Commonwealth Institute, but this is an organization that promotes uh, mentoring and uh, peer counseling among top executive women. So we also tap into the membership base of the Commonwealth. Uh, and many of those members are the president, CEO, or founder of their own businesses. Okay, so and, and how long a process is this? Because this, it's not an easy thing to no, do. No, no, no. We actually start in January yeah. um, of a given year, and uh, we promote the survey throughout about, uh, the middle of April, and then we close it, we do the analysis of the survey results, and then we have our event where we name these name our top uh, 50 uh, women-led companies the first week in June. Okay, so we start with a huge universe. Right. We reduce that down to what's the, what's the preliminary finals? Right, we identified about 2,000 women who oh we believe uh, met our criteria. Now, our study is based on 157 responses, so it's just a sample of this universe. Okay, and and your committee, the the select committee, how many people are on that? Uh. And, uh, well, we had 157 responses, Sponsors. and then we recognized the top 50. Okay, so you come to, so there are 50 people that make it to the final. That make it to the final list, yes. Okay, terrific. Of that, who are the finalists? How many? How many? Are those the finalists? Yes, those mm -hmm. are the finalists. Those are the finalists, right? Oh, okay, terrific. That's great. So, all right, that's that's a lot of people. So where do you do this? So, I mean, where do you we, have this event? Uh, we just had our event this uh, previous Wednesday at the Four Seasons, and we had about nice. 250, nice uh, 250 uh, uh, individuals in attendance. Out of our top 50 list, we had there in person about half of those women, and they came from all over Florida for this event. Can you give us an idea of some of the people? Uh, uh, yes, the number intriguing. one person on our list, her name is Elizabeth Fargo, and she was number one on the list with uh, half a billion dollars. Uh, and she runs Home Quality Management. She was number one on the list. Number 50 on the list was Pamela Kirshner of BCA Financial Services at 3.2 million. So you can see there was there was quite a range, uh, you know, from a half a half a billion down to uh, 3.2, and about 28 percent of of the larger survey, 28 percent of the uh, respondents to our survey reported revenues above 10 million dollars. So it's a skewed a little bit toward the small 
similar uh, companies that these women um, uh, operate and, and, and manage. You know, and Florida is a very vibrant place for SMEs. Yes, it is. I mean, that's what makes it thrive. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, hang that thought. We're, gonna, we're taking a break. We're taking a break. Okay, this is Rothman on 1360 WKAT. We're going to be right back with Dr. Joyce Elam from Florida International University. And Joyce is the dean of the business school. Don't go anywhere. In today's volatile investing environment, you need a valued and trusted partner who can build and sustain your financial security. You have that partner in the investment firm of Investor Solutions. Named on Bloomberg's list of top wealth managers and by Barron's as one of the top 100 best independent financial advisors in the country, Investor Solutions specializes in wealth management along with the full range of retirement planning and fiduciary services for high net worth individuals and their families, charitable foundations and organizations, business firms, trust endowments, and other institutional entities. Call at 800-508-8500 now for a no-obligation, honest, professional assessment of your current portfolio. That's 1-800-508-8500 or go to InvestorSolutions.com for more information. Pizza Fusion, America's greenest restaurant, is now open in Weston, saving the earth one pizza at a time. Pizza Fusion serves a gourmet and organic menu of pizza, focaccia sandwiches, wraps, desserts, beer, and wine. All Pizza Fusion items are served in their purest form, untainted by the artificial additives such as sweeteners, pesticides, preservatives, and hormones. Enjoy our fresh salads, breads, dips, wraps, and pizzas. All mates order upon your request with specialty toppings like goat cheese, Key West shrimp, wild lobster, spinach, eggplant, feta cheese, and more. It's all organic, natural, and delicious at Pizza Fusion. Come in today to Pizza Fusion at 2378 Weston Road in Weston and build your own pizza. Call 954-641-5353 for more information. Pizza Fusion in Weston. Saving the earth one pizza at a time. No name is more synonymous with success than Miami Dolphins owner H. Wayne Heisinger, architect of three Fortune 500 companies, including AutoNation and Blockbuster. This renowned entrepreneur has brought his unique business approach to the classroom with the Heisinger School of Business at Nova Southeastern University. With a faculty of real-world leaders and a curriculum based on Heisinger's entrepreneurial ideals, the Heisinger School of Business offers the rare opportunity to learn the ropes from someone who's climbed their way to the very top. Apply now at nova.edu slash business. Do you own a business outsourcing your accounting? Then call the accounting and tax experts at TNJ Tax Service. For over 30 years, TNJ Tax Service has been preparing taxes for South Florida companies and individuals. As enrolled agents with the Internal Revenue Service, the pros at TNJ Tax Service can represent you or your company professionally to the IRS. Have challenges with your company's bookkeeping? Then call TNJ Tax Services. QuickBooks certified. TNJ Tax Services can provide training on QuickBooks for any small business. If you need monthly or quarterly bookkeeping services to handle all of your payroll and business needs, then you need to call. TNJ Tax Service, located at Taft and Flamingo in the Pillbox Plaza. Call 954-432-1700. 954-432-1700. TNJ Tax Services. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL, customer service is back in shipping. Your news, your entertainment, your business. Life moves pretty fast. 
you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. Okay, this is the uh, the Prince show, evidently, right? Is that no. more Prince? No, they're Prince proteges. Prince, uh, that wasn't Prince. No, no, no. Those you see, I am, girls. I am, I am such, Climax. I am pathetic. I just, I am. It's okay. It's I kinda, just don't get it. It's not really a time where you were really listening to this kind of. No, so. but I do it. But I do like Prince. Yeah, Prince okay. proteges. Well, I'm, you know what, Wanda, you're you're educating me. Well, you and Doug Evans. There's a that first. <laughs> no, we're gonna do that. Hey, I'm sitting here with Joyce Elam. And we're talking about uh, the program. The name of the program again? Top Women-Led Businesses in Florida. Let's talk about some of these businesses. Mm -hmm. that, uh, that you, you Number one, your first one is located in... Uh, Palm Beach Gardens. Palm Beach Gardens. Okay. And, and, and let's, let, what do they do again? Uh, they are in the, uh, in the nursing home business. Nursing home business. And so and that's, a big, that's a big business. You know, if you think about it, folks, now think about this out there. Uh, I know you're... Well, the time is almost 20 to 6, so you're driving home. But the baby generation, the baby boomers, the 47s and the 50 kids that were born, are all getting to the point. And, they, and not only that, their parents have gotten to the point. Either they're not around anymore, like mine, I'm an orphan, so to speak, or they're in, in a home somewhere. They have to be somewhere doing something, or they're going to need help. They have live-ins, or they're at, a, at a, an, an, a, uh, an assisted living facility, in, in which case my aunt, does. she has a live-in. So, and this is a huge business, and the potential for this going out is even larger. So this was a good one for you. This was a good one, but the women represented a a really diversity of businesses. Uh, let me mention uh, Rhea Law. Rhea Law is the managing partner of Fowler. White Briggs Banker, and she comes from Tampa, and she is one of the very few women who are managing partners of a law of a large law firm. So, uh, so we had the uh, a law firm represented, uh, Beverly uh, Raphael, uh, who is the president and CEO of RCC Associates, which is in the construction business. Uh, hers is a very interesting story. Let's hear it. Her husband uh, founded the business, and uh, she wasn't that involved with it, but he died suddenly, and she was faced with the decision of what to do with the business. And uh, everybody thought that she would sell it, but she decided no, that she wanted to keep the business and uh, to run it herself. And so today it is a thriving business. Actually, her company was one of the finalists in the Good to Great Award. Uh, Awards that was held at the Greater Miami Chamber of Commerce just a, uh, just a week ago. So uh, uh, she's on a good path. So then. she is absolutely uh, on a good path. And uh, I mean, you know, we're talking about a company with uh, you know revenues uh, almost in the hundred million dollar range. So uh, and she's from Tampa. And she uh, no no. Uh, no Beverly is from Deerfield Beach. Oh Deerfield. Okay, okay. good good good. What type of construction do they do? They they actually go in and they model the spaces for retail. Cheesecake factory, polo stores, Gap stores. So it's a specialty uh, construction uh, company. Uh, then terrific. we Then we had another woman who actually spoke at our event. Uh, her name was Olga Romero. 
and uh, Olga runs a travel agency, and uh, she um, started this. It's called Express Travel, and uh, she started it. Local? Local. She is from Miami, and uh, as she said, uh, uh she and her sister started the business because they were doing travel for their friends and family. And they said, gee, you know, we're doing so much travel. Maybe we ought to make this, uh, make this a business. And, you know, and so today it is a very, uh, successful business, you know, that has over $20 million in, uh, in revenues. And so and did she start it? She and her sister were the founders of the business. And, and how old is the business? Uh, about 15 years old. Oh, that's that's pretty seasoned. Mm -hmm. That's a very seasoned business. Give us another good goodie. Uh, we also had um, a woman who spoke at our event, and her name was uh, Victoria uh, Villa Villuba. Uh, Victoria and Associates, and this is a staffing service. So you can see just the diversity of the businesses. And again, hers is a story where she became a founder of a business by necessity. She used to work for Eastern Airlines, and she was in the HR department. She was laid off. Uh, one of her clients that she started working with was Royal Caribbean as a contractor. And Royal Caribbean said, gee, Victoria, you could do this as a business. And so she started the business, and today uh, she has a very successful staffing business. Let me ask you a question. Now, you, you've worked with literally hundreds and hundreds of these, of these businesses, and you, and, you, and you run a wonderful business school. And I'm going to discuss that in a second, too, because you've really made it very successful. It's a great reputation. It does all sorts of exciting things, and you're global. Um, when you look at these women, and you look at men, too, in the business world, in the SMEs, and particularly in Florida, do you find, what are some of the traits of these people? I mean, I, I, I've been in an entrepreneurial environment for 30 years, right, and I could probably pick out of a list things that would make somebody successful, mm -hmm. and if they don't have it, it's really going to put them on the wrong side of the table. Mm -hmm. What do you look for? In it? What, what's a common, what are some of the common denominators in dealing with people like this that help make them successful? I think uh, one of the qualities that really uh, distinguish these women is their confidence. They just have a high degree of confidence in their own abilities and, you know, in their ability to meet whatever challenges that, uh, that they face. Well, it's sort of like the lady you just described from Eastern Airlines. Now, here, Eastern Airlines one day had 25,000 employees, and the next day had zero, practically, you know, except for those who were nursing the jets that were sitting at the airport. So you really do, necessity breeds invention. And, and some people will rise to the top, and others will just become worker units, and some will just give up. You know, that happens. But I find in the, in the Florida market, having been in the media all these years, I find this is a very vibrant, exciting place to be. Do you think then that, do you think Florida, now you've, you've been in other schools, you've, you've been around for a while, do you think that Florida helps breed some of these characteristics given the fact that we were a gateway community, and I mean that in, in more of a statewide sense. You know, I definitely think it does, particularly in South Florida, because we are not a city of large corporation. We're a city of small and medium-sized businesses. So, Absolutely. So there's a lot of opportunities to start these businesses. There's a lot of niches out there that are just not taken by the large corporations. See, I, I have found that, uh, I'm going to tell you one, just I'm looking at you. I have found that uh, South Florida is a very nurturing environment. 
And and it really defined, don't hit me for this, Horatio Algerism in the sense. I mean, that's kind of a <laughs> colorful term. But for those who understand that, the Horatio Alger story that, you know, you go out with a nickel and you're going to create a shoe sign place and the shoe shine place becomes even more successful. Next thing you know, you're selling shoes and you're making millions of dollars. But Florida really encourages, I mean, we have the ability to bring those who come from other areas, those with other ideas, and those who need to overcome challenges in life to be successful. And and I think Florida really breeds this to a degree. I, I think that helps the program that you've got. Well, let's talk about your program. Now, you have really marketed the business school in a tremendous way. What are you, what are you trying to accomplish? You've been there for a number of years. What's your mission? Well, our mission is to be uh, one of the leading international business schools in the world uh, that is rooted in Miami but serves a, a global marketplace. So our mission is to be the public business school for South Florida. So we have worked really uh, diligently in establishing a really strong, deep network of connections to the business community. Our business school awards around 1,700 bachelor's degrees and about 500 graduate degrees a year, and the vast majority of those students stay right here in this community. South Florida would have economy would not be able to continue to thrive if it wasn't for the influx of all of this new talent uh, every single year and we take that responsibility to serve this community very seriously let me ask you because you've absolutely mushroomed and exploded over the last five six seven years i mean dramatically so and before you got there all right. Since you're there, let me, let me paraphrase. Since you're there, where you've grown, where have you, where have you grown to? Where do your tentacles go to now? Because a lot of people don't realize FIU is all over the place. Right. Um, well, as a mission to be a leading international business school, not only did we need to have a really strong internationally based curriculum for our students who were taking our programs here in South Florida, but we also needed to begin to export our educational programs, particularly our graduate education programs. So today we offer an MBA in Jamaica in the Dominican Republic. We just launched a new MBA in Panama, and we do a Master's of Accounting in Mexico City. And in China. Uh, well, the hospitality school is in China, and uh, we are evaluating um, whether uh, that's the next place for us, uh, the next uh, country for us to enter. See, I, I just think that it, uh, FI, I mean, you are doing what you're, by definition, what international university is. And, and I think that, I mean, you've done an absolutely spectacular job. It's a very colorful. You've also added some phenomenal people to the school in the last few years. I mean, you're, the, the quality and, the, and the, the tenure of those who have come to your school to teach, 
Uh, I mean, Jerry being, I mean, Jerry to me is one of the most colorful persons I've ever met in my life. Anyway, yes, Jerry, I've, known, I've known Jerry, Jerry for 20 been years. Jerry a great addition to our faculty. And, and Jerry, Jerry has a great title there as well. I mean, right, he's now our associate dean right. uh, for uh, international uh, projects and affairs. So he really is my point person for establishing a lot of our international partnerships and contributing to the globalization of our curriculum. So, all right, and, and that's and that's a ter he's just done a terrific job, and I think FIU's done a terrific job. You you seem to as we move forward. Let me ask you a question about this, and this is a serious question on it. Um, we're having, you know, I see these horrible statements, and we've talked about it. We've had all sorts of school people on the on the show. On the we've had the the House Majority Leader, we've had the Senate President. What's going to happen going forward in this economy? Um, are, are we losing program? Are we going to lose some programs? Can you hang on to the programs that you've got, given the ec the economics that we we face right now? And I'm sorry to put you on the spot no, that no. way, but it, it's concerning. Well, definitely the entire university is being negatively impacted by the budget cuts, and uh, the business school will be impacted by those as well. Primarily, what is happening is that we are losing faculty positions, which will um, result in us having a smaller undergraduate business program. Our graduate programs will continue to grow primarily because they're cohorted and so we still have capacity to grow within a cohort. But the result is going to be that we can't start any new programs. So even if there is demand for our programs. For example, we run a MBA program in downtown Miami in the Macy's building, actually on the sixth floor of the Macy's building. It was a nice Does uh, anyone know that? Well, hopefully those that are listening to your show now That's know terrific. that. No, it was a great partnership between the business school and Macy's. They had space on the sixth floor. We wanted to offer an MBA program downtown and uh, we came together and we have it really is a beautiful educational facility on the sixth floor. We use it at night and Macy uses it during the day. Do you part since you do these terrific programs, do you partner with other corporations? Um, right now, we do not. Right now, we do not. We don't have any specialty uh, MBA programs with uh, with corporations. They uh, the corporations will send their students to either our downtown MBA program or our MBA program on the University Park campus, and we also run an MBA in Pembroke Pines as well. But for instance, our downtown MBA cohort it's full. So we have the demand to open another cohort, but we don't have the faculty. So that's the budget cut. It will keep us from expanding and, and meeting the demand for uh, graduate education, which is really strong and is still strong, even in this uh, slowing economy. Well, no, it seems that, first of all, it's manifest that people have a graduate degree when they get through their undergrad. I mean, I have a son in college. He's in Chicago. He just graduated FSU uh, last year. He has two degrees. He has a, a bachelor's in history and a bachelor's in English. And, and Michael Chris is now uh, getting his master's degree. Then he's going to go on. He's going to get his Ph.D. This poor kid, I won't let him stop. 
you know. But 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 he understands, and just talk to him now uh, before we came on air. He understands that he has to. He has to, and this to, to be competitive. He has to. I think, from the business point of view, one of the things that we discussed with Jerry sitting right here was that uh, education for the next going out as jobs go overseas and people say, oh, my God, these trade agreements are shipping jobs into Mexico and they're shipping jobs to China. We're shipping jobs to Indonesia. We're shipping jobs into the Caribbean and maybe Latin America as well. But the nature of the jobs that will be here and move forward here require enormous education. We have to educate the masses better than we are, at a higher level than we are. Point, in, point to be made, Citrix Systems is considering leaving Broward County. That's 1,500 jobs in Broward County. It doesn't make the Broward Alliance and J.T. Tarleton very happy to do that because it's not easy for South Florida to attract a rider-level company, you know, a Fortune 5 or Fortune 1000. And one of the reasons that they're leaving although they may not, and they mentioned, is that they need education. They need masses of people to be educated. For us, for America, to be competitive in the global world, and globalization, whether you embrace it you know, or you don't. You know, I find some of these politicians running for president, both Hillary and, and Obama said the same, and they couldn't, they couldn't say fast enough how much they wouldn't pass the Colombian Free Trade Agreement. I don't even think they understand it, and they don't. You know, I don't exactly see jobs running to Columbia right now, but I do see parity of tariff and getting products in and getting products out. But we need an educated population. So I would think that the business school, your business school and other business schools, are a premium right now, are necessary, or manifest. You are catalytic to the success of the state. Your success is our success. Your success in, in teaching and educating the, 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 those who are in the workplace now and those coming into the workplace will be the, the litmus test whether we're going to succeed or fail in the future. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I'm, I'm being, mm -hmm. uh, this is the next teacher. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned about that. And, and I'm sure as you, you are the person responsible for this. It, the buck stops with you at the business school. I mean, though I'm sure you reported to Ms. Medig, but the, but the buck stops with you. And and how do you approach that from your psychology with your business school? You have a very good business school. Uh, you know, it's very difficult because we are going to be limiting access just because of capacity. So let's hope uh, that uh, the situation will improve uh, quickly and that the leaders of our state will realize the importance of investing in higher education and giving us more capacity to meet the demands for uh, education. See, it, 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 to me, it, it's so important, and, and I talked to Tommy, and I talked to Jack, and, and, and Jerry, and, and, and Ed Glab was on. Uh, these are George Philodipus was just here again last week. These are terrific folks, and you're on the front of where we need to be going forward. You have to, you the school, have to really put us where we can be competitive and be successful in the, in the business world. Because without that, we can't compete against other cities, other communities, other states. You know, if you think about it, the, the North Carolina, South Carolina district, the Raleigh-Durham environment, the Scripps environment that's coming here and we've been talking about, and Jeb put so much money into, as he did with your school, by the way, for China. I mean, all of that defines who we are moving forward in the 21st century. So 
the, by virtue of your name, Florida International, really places you uh, at a, at a um, at a zenith point for people to look at uh, going forward. So, uh, and the program such as this, uh, where, where can people find out about this program so they can research right, and, and understand the, it better? Uh, go to the website lead. dot fiu. dot edu. Lead. Say it again, because they don't lead. listen. L-E-A-D, lead.fiu.edu, and you'll see research, and you can go and uh, read uh, an executive summary of our study. And, and I think that's terrific. Now, let's, let's, and if somebody wants to get involved in the, in the business school, and they want to come down and they want to see the school, they, they want to enroll and get involved in one of your, your, your you have night programs we for your MBA, right? Have, yes, we do. Night programs and weekend programs, day programs, night programs, weekend programs, online programs. Yeah, I remember when I got my master's, I, I did it. I was the only idiot taking Saturday classes, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday classes, because I was teaching during the day. And I couldn't go. You know, it was just, it was very, very hard. Well, listen, I wanted to say how wonderful it is to have you, Joyce. I, I haven't seen you in years. You look terrific. You have terrific programs. Uh, I have I have never seen such excitement. When I get on your campus and I talk to your folks, I don't get to see you a lot. You're very busy. But your folks are there. Yes. You know, and, and, and it's it's exciting. And there's a, a tremendous energy. Now, you just moved to a new building. We did. We did. We just um, uh, opened classes in a new building in January. It is a spectacular uh, facility. And I would invite your, your listeners to go to uh, business.fiu.edu and uh, our website, uh, information about all of our programs. You can uh, do a virtual tour of our new building and really find out about uh, all of the uh, wonderful programs and activities in the business school. That's terrific. And you know what? They should do it. They should drive out to the Tamiami campus and go visit you folks out there. And, and, and go to the site, folks, because I have to tell you, ex-teacher, go there. It's important. Without it, we cannot be competitive. If you want to stay competitive and be successful, you got to get education. That's, that's, that's your ticket. It is the ticket. Bottom line, that's a ticket. Well, Wanda, we're running down, aren't we? We're getting there. We are. And uh, we want to thank you for a terrific week. Hey, we have, on the 19th, don't we, we have a terrific woman coming on. Belinda Kaiser? Belinda Kaiser is coming here to visit with us. She has a university, uh, Kaiser University. She's going to be talking to us every month or two, two weeks out of the month at least. We, we, we follow up on this program, Women in Business. Anyway, listen, this is Rich Rothman. Uh, Wanda Miles is in the studio with me. Hi. Hi. Bye. Hi. And uh, we're going to see you next week. Have a tremendously wonderful weekend. Stay safe. I want you to studying up on uh, energy because we're going to talk more about that next week. That's the mantra. And don't forget, classical music. Make Doug happy. Listen to the station. We'll talk to you later. Have a great weekend. God bless. Bye. next week, Thursday and Friday, 4 to 6 p.m., for more of the good, like many revolutionary ideas that just scared the establishment, the bad, the business, so I quit. This is the Rich Rothman Show, and I took it to the one place on earth, crazy enough to give it a try, 1360 WKAT. You know where I'm spending my next romantic evening out with my wife?